Hello, welcome back to the rheumatology.physio blog. And this week we're reading osteoarthritis beyond wear and tear. So, osteoarthritis has been a bit of a passion project of mine over the last few months. I've been trying to learn and absorb as much as possible, finally attempting to disseminate what I believe to be the most up-to-date understandings about how the condition develops. I ran a webinar recently with Bazrat entitled Osteoarthritis Beyond Wear and Tear, and I've taken some of the questions from it and answered them in this blog. For an in-depth read about osteoarthritis and to learn lots more, you can get my Osteoarthritis Clinician Edition, either as an ebook or a printed version. So just go to rheumatology.physio forward slash shop and you can find it there. The recurrent features are back with Legend of the Blog and music from Good Charlotte at the end as well. Please consider heading to the shop as mentioned to find more resources and supporting me to continue this harebrained pod project. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite channel and also any feedback is greatly appreciated. Please do send it my way. Please remember this blog is not a replacement for clinical reasoning and if you are unsure, get advice. So this week, the legend of the blog is Ollie Coburn, who indeed invited me to do the webinar with Bazrat. He gets through some seriously great work advocating for sports rehabilitators and their place in the MSK landscape. So make sure to find him on Twitter um, and uh, give him a follow. So here are the questions about osteoarthritis from that webinar that I thought I would try and answer. Question one, is wearing joint supports during exercise likely to help? And this will vary on a person-by-person basis. The supports or braces are unlikely to have an effect over the long term, but they are likely to help in the short term by providing a feeling of confidence in the joint to the wearer. A sort of hug for the joint, if you will, that increases the perception of stability. This may allow someone to complete higher intensity or longer duration exercises, or gain a reduction in symptoms during or directly afterwards. We do need to be careful that the people do not feel dependent on the braces or supports and they are used for a specific reason. There are some braces on the market which are suggested to offload the medial compartment of the knee specifically. I'm unable at this time to comment on the effectiveness of these braces specifically related to the biomechanics of offloading the medial compartment during loading. Question 2. Would this be classified as a disease of the immune system? Osteoarthritis is a multifactorial disease, certainly of the whole joint, but evidence is increasingly suggestive of relation to the whole person as well. The immune system is implicated in various parts of the process, mostly in the inflammatory components. We have to consider the biopsychosocial nature of symptom development, making this extremely complex, but also the multifactorial nature of development, where joint shape, for example, can cause osteoarthritic changes in the joint as well. So it probably isn't classified as a, a disease of the immune system, but the immune system is certainly implicated in components. Question three, what do you think about aquatic therapy or exercise for osteoarthritis over land-based therapy? There are a few things to consider. I don't think I've seen any research that says water-based therapy or exercise is more or less effective than land-based. There are some pros and cons to it though. You naturally offload weight-bearing joints in the water due to buoyancy, so for anyone really struggling with exercise due to pain, this may be a good option. It might also be their preferred environment or method of exercise. We do need to consider access. A pool is often more difficult to attend and more expensive than land-based methods. It is also much harder to load the joints in water, so we need to consider the specific goals of the exercise in each individual. Use some reasoning processes and the patient's preferences in decision making. Question 4. What is the evidence for supplements? When subjected to trials, supplements don't perform very well at all and don't seem to provide a clinically meaning improvement 
in symptoms. The 2018 meta-analysis concluded there was low quality evidence that maybe they help in the short term. There will always be some people who swear by them, having taken them and seen a great improvement, or stopped taking them and seen a drastic deterioration. If people want to take supplements for their osteoarthritis, then there seems to be very little harm to them other than the financial cost. If they are well off enough that it does not affect their financial situation, then it is their choice. I do not believe healthcare professionals should be recommending supplements, and nice guidance advises against recommending them. So I hope that this short blog has whetted your appetite for further learning about osteoarthritis, and I have got plenty of resources, as I mentioned, um, on this subject. Um, if you have your own questions, then please do fire them at me. You can find me on social media. Just type Rheumatology Physio it pretty much anywhere. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, or you can use the contact form on my webpage, rheumatology.physio. Please do check out the courses page as well, rheumatology.physio forward slash, forward slash courses for upcoming events. Um, or you can also get in touch with me if you would like your department to book me to come and talk about rheumatology as well. So thank you for listening to the blog. I'll see you next time. I'm going to leave you out with a few seconds of Good Charlotte, The River. I've seen enough now to know that beautiful things don't always stay that way. I've seen enough now to know that